going on, APUS History students? Mr. McCarthy, checking in with you on the Hip Pod this time. This is, of course, our space for history in the podcast universe here at Townsend Harris. And we're here to join you today to do a little A-Push review. For those who haven't listened to the Hip Pod before, we definitely recommend you go back and check out the awesome student work from Ryan, as well as from Choiti and Jasmine from our underrepresented voices class. But the other thing we're going to do here besides have students share their excellent work via podcast is to do a little AP US history review because it is just around the corner, folks. I know that might feel a little stressful to you, but we're going to get there. We're going to get there well, and then we'll be done with this A push journey. So, what we're going to start doing is doing a little bit of a week in review for the weeks leading up to the exam. So today we're going to talk about what we did this past week, our first week back from winter break, which was Monday, February 28th. And we really just covered two main topics this week. We talked about the Wilmington coup and we talked about uh, U.S. imperialism at the turn of the 20th century. So we're going to start by focusing a little bit more on the imperialism. We'll touch a little bit on the Wilmington coup as well. What we will remind you to do is always check out our classroom page for all resources, all PowerPoints, and things like that. We had a great uh, week of learning in our A-Push spaces, uh, excellent fish tanks. Uh, I, unfortunately, I was only in person to see Band 2 uh, as I was out, uh, Owen being a little bit sick. So Mr. Morsan was able to report back on Band 6 and 8, doing a great job, and I was happy to see Band 2 as well. Band 9, you got off the hook this week. So that was your lucky week. So let's talk a little bit about imperialism, some of the big ideas we want you to take away from our learning this week. The driving question was essentially, why did we imperialize, right? What were the things, uh, what were the causes of imperialization at the turn of the 20th century as America becomes a bigger and bigger, uh, takes on a bigger and bigger role in the world, I should say. Uh, And this is going to be a theme of the 20th century. Our role in the world will just continue to get bigger and bigger. And we're also at an interest uh, time right now for what our role in the world is as well. But it's really this imperialist time in which we step out fully onto the world stage. So what we want to think about was why do we do it? And we can definitely break it down into three main reasons. They popped up a lot on the documents and the DBQ that we did this week. The first one that totally pops out to me is just our economic drive. As we saw during the Gilded Age, the country was almost over-industrialized. We had so many factories producing so many goods, and the country was essentially full, right? Uh, The frontier had been closed at that point. There were no further places to settle. More and more people were coming into the country. However, we were producing so much that we had nowhere to send our surplus goods. People weren't buying them. This could impact the country negatively. It could depress the prices of goods when there are too too many, when there's an over surplus, it can actually drive prices down, uh, which is not good for um, companies. It's good for the invest uh, for the common people, but it's not good for the companies. So what they want to do is essentially find foreign markets to move these goods. So uh, capitalists and industrialists, along with the government, begin to look abroad for places to send our goods. We had already started to trade with Asia a little bit more. Uh, we see, you know, the open door policy get established here, and the idea of having that open door with Asia and with China in order to um, interact positively economically. 
So I think overwhelmingly that primary cause, the first cause, I think there's a really good argument to be made that it really was an economic cause, a need to move uh, the surplus goods from the industrialized era of the Gilded Age. So that's number one. Once we get to that, uh, then we see some nationalism kick in, right? Uh, this is that extension of Manifest Destiny. We've spread over the entire landmass at this point. We reached California after the Mexican-American War. Some similarities in terms of extending into a foreign land uh, with Mexico, and now we see this uh, during the imperialism age as well. But nationalism is definitely a big part of this, right? We've established ourselves as one of the biggest and uh, most wealthy countries in the world. Our economy is booming despite a lot of the um, domestic issues that we have when it comes to the panics and when it comes to the wealth disparity and the uh, income gap that we see during the Gilded Age. We still um, are, you know, really uh, a pretty strong economy uh, and a very strong country industrial wise. And since we've already kind of proven that we can take over this North American landmass, there's that sense of nationalism. We did it here. Let's go do it again elsewhere. The third one that ties into this is that idea of that white man's burden, those issues more connected to race, right? We want to spread the joys of liberty to the rest of the world, not too dissimilar um, for the arguments of spreading the gifts of liberty to the savage, quote unquote, Native Americans. Now we are spreading that um, the gifts of liberty and democracy to the rest of the world as well, to the savages, again, using that word that would be, you know, have that negative connotation for people of color around the world, whether it be Asia or Africa, we were going to go and civilize these people. It was a part of our burden, a part of the white man's burden. So these are the three big things to really think about, economics, nationalism, and that idea of race, uh, white man's burden. Always consider that mindset, right? Where have we seen these before? What is similar here and what might not be so similar? I think the biggest similarities we can see here is that continuation of manifest destiny. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Imperialism is manifest destiny with a passport. That's a good way to remember it, right? A lot of the same ideas. If you remember the big giant glowing lady carrying technology and industry and democracy out to the West, we're doing the same thing, but now we're doing it around the world. The smell of all these is in the air when the USS Maine explodes in Havana Harbor, which then leads to the Spanish-American War. As a reminder, we posted the Heimler video. We suggest you go and check those out. The other big thing just to touch on quick uh, is the power of the media. To go back to the Wilmington lesson, we saw the importance that the um, Wilmington media played, that that newspaper, the News and Observer in North Carolina played, when it came to spreading these ideas of Negro rule and how it was going to be damaging to the white residents of North Carolina. This leads to this Wilmington coup where we see a duly elected, uh, freely and fairly elected government essentially get overthrown by white supremacists in North Carolina. The media plays a major role. The newspaper play a major role in spreading these ideas um, around uh, North Carolina at this time. And we see the terrible things that happen in Wilmington as a result of that. Along those lines, we also see the same idea with yellow journalism during the Spanish-American War. We see the idea of um, sensationalizing news stories, pushing the country towards war, the explosion of the Maine being at the top of that list. There's, uh, at the end of the day, 
As history tells the story that there was no real evidence that the Maine was the target of an attack by Spain, but instead an accidental explosion. But the yellow journalism and the media really riles up American spirit for that war to push us into this uh, war for imperialism. Tie back those other things we mentioned at the beginning of this episode about nationalism and race and the white man's burden and the need to spread our... um, our economic power abroad, uh, and there you have what we see with imperialism, where we end up acquiring land in the Caribbean, in Asia. We end up fighting a war against the Filipinos uh, for an, uh, for three years there as well as they fight for their war for independence. Um, so all these things play into each other as well. But just wanted to make that note there about the role of uh, media, and media is still very powerful and important today. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. We want to try to keep these as short as possible, just doing a little bit of a week in review. Uh, A couple of reminders. We posted the Gilder Lehrman AP Guide on the Classroom this week. Definitely go and check that out. That will be valuable for you for your AP review and for any in-class assessments as well. They break down each time period in about a 10-minute video, and there's also lots of other documents and readings and videos there to boot. Uh, We'll be using some of those resources in the upcoming week. Period 7 assessment will be on Thursday, uh, March 24th, excuse me, and that will be a more menu type of assessment ahead of the period 7 and 8 in-class exam right before spring break. That's going to be on Wednesday, the 12th of uh, April for bands 6, 8, and 9, and the following day, the 13th of April for band two, then we will be on our way. In between those two things, we'll be doing an in-class DBQ uh, from period seven, so that will give us the opportunity to uh, test out uh, our DBQ writing skills and get some feedback. But that's it, we're gonna wrap up for now. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Let me know uh, via email or talk to me in class if you you have any topics you want to cover um, that we learned in class this week. But that's what we're gonna try to do each week is do a little bit of a week in review. Stay well, keep doing the excellent work you're doing and we will talk to you next week. This has been a presentation of the 14911 Network.